It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I hope everyone had a great 4th of July weekend. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about the first media availabilities from the Thunder since the season was suspended. Also going to talk about the NBA hoping for a second bubble city for the non-playoff teams and more players continue to opt out, as well as the Thunder releasing their three-game scrimmage schedule, so a lot to get to in this episode. Let's start with the Thunder media availability. So far, the Thunder have made Billy Donovan, Shea, Gallo, and Adams available to the media on Microsoft Teams, which is not Zoom. I think that they're going to transition to Zoom pretty soon, but... Uh, Really, the only notable thing from all of this is from Billy Donovan whenever he's speaking about Andre Robertson, Uh, and this was the first media availability of last week, and he said that, you know, Andre is going to be playing five-on-five once the team returns to Orlando, uh, and then they'll get a better idea of if he can play or not, depending on how he looks in those uh, five-on-five runs with the team in Orlando, Uh, and if he is going to play in Orlando, you would expect him to play in the upcoming scrimmages. The rest of the stuff was pretty normal, Uh, you know. Steven Adams was in New Zealand on the farm. Shea was playing basketball any chance he got. He wants to play basketball. He's ready to go for the restart. Uh, And then Gallo had a fun quote that a lot of people are running with right now about, you know, never thinking about opting out due to free agency because he is a upcoming free agent, but he said that he's always kept focused on this season with the Thunder as they're chasing something bigger than free agency. So that got a lot of people excited. But the biggest point was about Andre Robertson. And, And so the question looming since the suspension Uh, Because quickly after the season was suspended, Andre went on a Colorado basketball podcast talking about, um, you know, that he was going to play G League games that week that the the year was suspended uh, and and that he was kind of ready to play basketball again. He hasn't played in over two years. uh, And this has kind of been a big talking point around Thunder Twitter and, and just around fans in general and with the team itself. And there really seems to be two schools of thought with Andre Robertson. There's a group of people who believe that, Andre is going to return in Orlando to his elite defensive form. He's going to be an X-factor, and he's going to really overhaul the way this team plays the same way he did um, before the injury. And then there's a group of people who think that he's not going to play because at this point it's the boy who cried wolf. It's, it's, it's Andre saying he's ready to go yet again, uh, just like at media day whenever he said he's a 100% full go, and he did not even play in a preseason game. So – 
a lot is still up in the air right now. Uh, and, and really, it just comes down to if you want to look at this as a glass half full or half empty, it's still a good sign right now that after every player reported to the practice facility, after they looked at Andre Robertson and, and what little he's been able to do, uh, as every player has only done a little bit uh, in this sort of uh, revamp here so far, and they haven't shut him down yet. So that's a good sign. Uh, they'll take him to Orlando. They're going to see where he's at, of course, like, like Billy Dunman said, in the 5-on-5 five five setting. I think that I think it's ambitious to think that Andre could return and be an X-factor. Could he take Nader's minutes? Sure. Could he take you know some some winged up minutes? Th- that's absolutely possible. But I, I don't think that you look at Andre anymore and you should be thinking that he's going to be the reason that this team takes that next step. He's going to be the reason that what we talked about Wednesday, setting expectations, that he's going to be the reason to change those expectations, what should be to just get to the second round. He's not going to be somebody who's going to be plugged into this team and is going to really change anything. Again, could he steal some wing minutes? Absolutely. And the Thunder desperately need those wing minutes. But he's not going to be someone who you can plug in and and all of a sudden expect him to be that elite defender he once was. He hasn't played basketball in two years. Every player is going to be facing a slow start from from this just jumping right into playoff atmosphere of basketball after not playing in, you know, four months, he hasn't played in two years. I mean, we, we talk about how um, injuries and, and things like that can happen to these players who haven't played. What about Andre Robertson? He's probably the biggest um, question mark in all this whenever we talk about injuries from the restart. So, you know, really, I'm feeling more optimistic than I was, considering, again, he has been practicing with the Thunder, and they haven't shut him down yet. So every day that passes by is a good sign. But I, I don't think that we should go overboard and saying that there's people saying that he's going to be the reason this Thunder team goes to the Western Conference Finals or even goes to the NBA Finals. That, that's crazy to me. Um, he was great before the injury, and he really did, truly, if you go back and look at the numbers. They were a different team that OK3 year with him and without him, and, and he really um, ended up being the guy that tied that team together and, and, and made that team a competitive and a, and a contending team rather than a first-round exit. But... I don't think he has that same sort of pull in this season with this roster around him and with the fact that I don't think you can put him into this lineup. I don't think you can put him into this roster uh, and and into this environment at Disney World and expect him to go from not playing in two years to being one of, if not the very best perimeter defenders in the NBA, which he once was. And, And if he's not that, if he's not one of the best defenders in the NBA, if he's not elite defensively, then he becomes a liability on the floor because he can't play offensively. He can't provide you anything on that end of the floor. And when you've been battling to even play basketball for two years, it's very, very, very unlikely that while you're still battling and rehabbing to even get on the floor, that you've picked up a part of your game that you didn't have before, such as shooting, which people think that maybe he's done. I don't think so. I don't see that happening. Again, he hasn't even been able to play basketball. So I don't see how he can pick up a new skill while he can't play basketball. And if you want to have some optimism around Andre Robertson, again, the Thunder shouldn't expect him to be a starter. They shouldn't expect him to play a humongous role. But late in games, if he can be a good defender, uh, again, no one should expect him to be elite, but if he can be a good defender, late in games you can start playing that matchup game. You can start putting him on the floor for huge defensive possessions, calling a timeout and getting him out for the offensive end of the floor. And that's something that Billy Donovan has done his whole career, uh, even going back to his days at Florida. And so Andre can provide that kind of weapon off the bench for sure. Uh, But 
in terms of you know making an X factor and, and, and being an X factor, I don't think that he has that this year. Uh, but this this is still big for Andre because. He's got to prove that he can play basketball. I mean, he's an expiring free agent, expiring contract. He's going into his free agency. He's going to have these three scrimmages plus eight seeding games plus at least one playoff round, if not more, uh, to prove that he is still an NBA player. And that's a lot of pressure on him, especially for someone that's got to revamp so quickly here uh, before we start playing intensive basketball again because these seeding games matter for the Thunder. The seeding games really only matter for teams like the Thunder. The eight seeding games for the for the Bucks and for the Lakers and even for the Clippers, they don't really matter all that much. They're just really used for getting in game shape. But the Thunder can move from anywhere between three and seven in this restart if a couple balls bounce the wrong way. So the pressure is on the Thunder to not only get back into shape, but also to play competitive basketball. So these games are a lot of pressure for these players, and, I, and I'm not sure if Andre can prove to be a next factor in these. That's not saying he will be terrible, but... I think people are going a little bit too far whenever they consider him to just immediately hop back into play and be that elite defensive guy. I think that's putting a lot of unwarranted pressure on him because this isn't a video game. He's going to take time to get back into not only basketball shape, uh, but he doesn't need to just get into shape. He needs to get into elite defensive shape, which defensive shape is a lot different for guys that actually play defense and play at an elite level and are expected to go up against guys like LeBron and, and top offensive players. You don't just get that overnight, and I'm not sure if you can get that in eight games. So we'll see where he lands once we get into the postseason. But the best-case scenario for Andre is that he does play in these eight games, I think. I think that it's it's good to even just get on the floor and show teams you can play. You just might need more time to get back to where you once were. So after the break, let's get into the Thunder's three scrimmages that were announced. It's going to, of course, be played uh, before the eight seeding games. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Rock Auto because Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. RockAuto.com has all the parts your car will ever need for an amazing selection with reliably low prices. You can get any make and model manufacturer that you need for your car because going to a chain auto parts store is really idiotic to me. You're going to walk in there. They're going to ask you all of these questions that you have no idea how to answer. They're going to send you right back out the door after they've ordered a part online for your car, and then they're going to upcharge you for that price. Just go ahead and skip the upcharge and just go right to rockauto.com and find the parts your car needs. With reliably low prices and amazing selection and all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box, and they're going to get you fixed up at rockauto.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So, the NBA did release their three scrimmages. 
And really, these are just going to be like preseason games. They're going to be three games that do not count before the eight seeding games. And for the Thunder, they will start on July 24th, which is Friday at 5 p.m. against the Boston Celtics. Uh, and then they'll continue on Sunday, July 26th against the 76ers at noon. And then they're going to play again on Tuesday, July 28th against Portland ahead of their August 1st opening uh, restart to the Disney World bubble. Uh, that Portland game is at 6 p.m. All those times are Eastern, by the way. And these scrimmages, it's like the seeding games. I'm not sure how to expect each team to prepare for them or to utilize them. I think that the easiest way to look at this is the way I said that people will look at the Lakers and the Clippers and the Bucks. Um, they're not going to be competitive. They're not going to be um, intense. They're not going to be actual basketball. You're just going to go get your work in and get out of the game. So you're going to go run around for like 30 minutes, get some shots up, maybe run some sets a little bit, and then you're going to have your work in and sit on the bench the rest of the game, and that'll be it. Uh, because, again, they don't matter. They're like preseason games, and that's what you do in the preseason. Uh, the opponents I don't really care about. There was once a report that they were only going to play opponents from their hotel, uh, and instead the Thunder got opponents from all three hotels. They got Boston uh, from the um, top hotel, the 76ers, of course, in the same hotel, and then Portland's in the Yacht Club, which is the third-level hotel. Uh, so that was weird, considering that the hotel idea was to stop the spread as we get uh, into the bubble. You would expect maybe a few positive tests, and you want to contain that uh, to each hotel room uh, before you can isolate and get all those tests gone. I'm not sure why that plan got canceled, uh, but again, it shouldn't really be that big of a deal because you're going to be playing basketball. So if someone did have the virus and you go play basketball doesn't really matter what hotel they came from. It's not going to be good. So the, the best case scenario would be to quarantine everybody in the hotel and make sure you have all these negative tests. And I'm sure that they're going to do the testing the right way. Uh, but that was just weird that they're already, even before we get to the bubble, they're kind of changing the protocol they had set in place. I'm not sure what the point of that was. Uh, but the big question surrounding these scrimmages are, are they going to be on TV? Are they going to be um, broadcasted anywhere? Uh, and so it has not been reported as of right now, as of the time I'm recording this video, but I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that these games will be on either your regional TV package, your RSN, uh, which for the Thunder is, of course, Fox Sports Oklahoma, or it'll be on the team website, which the Thunder have done before with not only preseason games, but also the blue and white game. And I say that because these broadcasters on you know, Fox Sports Oklahoma, you've got Chris Fisher, Michael Cage, they're going to be broadcasting games this year, uh, you know, for this restart. They're going to be doing games remotely from a monitor, and it's something that they've never done before. So you're going to have to use these three games. You're going to have to use them as practice runs. You're going to have to use them uh, to get acclimated with your new environment. And so in a period in time in which you are struggling for content, why wouldn't you just throw that on, you know, TV or throw that on the Thunder.com website uh, and really get some true experience and some true repetitions uh, from your local crews. I think that the only way it's not on TV is if you have an RSN where you also share with baseball because baseball will be starting opening day on July 23rd and run through, of course, the next 66 days. So maybe, you know, you'd, you'd obviously pick um, a regular season baseball game over a preseason basketball game. So then you can shift over to your team website. But I think that you're absolutely going to be able to watch these games somewhere, uh, you know, these three scrimmages if you so want to. Um, I think that it's not going to be nationally, of course, because again, nationally, you're going to have the MLS starting up, you're going to have the MLB starting up, and that's going to take precedent over the NBA because they are going to flood the system 
with the NBA content once real games start. Uh, so they'll give those sports some shine as the NBA is still going through their scrimmages and things like that. But as far as if you're just so desperate to watch these scrimmages, I think you absolutely will be able to uh, via uh, Fox Sports Oklahoma and OklahomaCity.com, uh, OklahomaCityThunder.com, that they put those uh, preseason games on and the blue and white scrimmage on. So you should be able to find them if you want to watch the scrimmages. So another piece of news that came out this last week was that the Thunder have not seen a player test positive for COVID since the NBA testing period started. Now, the language of that is pretty interesting. Uh, They didn't say that that no player has has ever tested positive just since the NBA started testing on, I believe, June 23rd was whenever the NBA started testing. Uh, So maybe someone had it before then and they've got a negative test now and everything's fine. Uh, But since the NBA has put into place the testing protocol, and has started testing these players, no Thunder player has received a positive test, which is good news because the NBA also announced their travel plans on what they plan to uh, implement for who's going to be able to travel to the bubble this week because this is travel week for the NBA on July 9th. You're going to see teams start to to board up planes and go to Orlando and get this bubble started. Uh, And so the NBA, of course, announced their guidelines for who can go into the bubble right now. So this was reported by... Malika Andrews of ESPN, and basically it comes down to if a player misses their scheduled COVID test two days prior to the team's departure, or I would assume if they test positive also in that time period, you're not going to be able to make that trip down to Orlando on the first wave of people, um, of course, entering the bubble. And then once you get to the bubble, uh, everyone will need to take a two-day quarantine period um, whenever you're first there on Thursday. And this will all become more clear as we get closer to that departure date for these teams and these players. Uh, But as of right now for the Thunder, if they have no negative tests, it shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be um, a question of who can go. Uh, Absolutely not. If if we have no positive tests, then everyone should be able to make that first uh, trip down to Disney World and we'll get it all done in one shoot. But it'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds. As far as Thunder players opting out, every player that we've been able to talk to, every player that um, has and out in public have always said that they are going to play and they never really thought about sitting out. So no reports on that front. You would expect the only player on this roster that might not play games is Andre Robertson. I mean, if, if he's injured, that is. I mean, he's going to go to Orlando and see how he feels. But really him, and then maybe you don't need Devin Hall as a substitute player. Maybe he never becomes um, someone who can get game minutes. But other than that, you'd expect everyone else to be ready to go and opt in and playing. And, and there's been no signs of anyone wanting to opt out from the Thunder. But after the break, let's talk about the NBA news and the NBA wanting to start up a second bubble option in Chicago with the eight teams that did not make the postseason. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the NBA is looking at a second option, you know, for a a second city for the bubble. It sounds like they're going to land on Chicago if they do choose to go this route. And this would be for those eight teams that did not compete in the Orlando bubble. And the biggest question for all of this is why? Why would you choose to do this to, to do this if you're the NBA? Because you're not going to earn any income from this. The NBA is not going to get any revenue 
from this. You're going to have baseball, which takes away half of the RSNs from the Delete 8. You're not, you're not going to show a Delete 8 bubble over regular season baseball. You're just not. And nationally, in terms of your TV deals, you're not going to show a Delete 8 bubble game that starts in September over the NBA postseason, over the NFL, if they can get started, over baseball, who are going to be in a stretch run of their season and into the postseason. You're not picking the secondary bubble in that sense. So you're going to have no TV, um, no true TV footprint in this. I'm sure you'll get some games on TV if they do this, uh, but you'll get no buzz. You'll get no revenue sharing. You'll get nothing from doing this. And if you're not going to make it to where it's a tournament style thing or the winner of this tournament wins the lottery and they get that first overall pick and then subsequently the teams that finish below one fill out the rest of that lottery, then no one should ever care about this. And why should teams themselves care about this if you're going to continue to lock the lottery and not let them move up and down? And if you are not going to lock, lock the lottery but also not make it to where the winner takes the lottery, then why wouldn't every team just tank? That's pretty clear that that would be the best route to go. There are so many questions about this, and the only positive in all of this, the only thing you can point to for saying that this really would have an impact and really would matter is the fact that what I've talked about since June. Since June, I've said the NBA will have to start in December because it's not fair to those eight organizations to have a group, have a team that hasn't played organized NBA-level basketball since March. While, yes, the NBA champion will not be crowned until October, and that is a quick turnaround for those two teams that end up in the finals, the rest of those teams, though, wouldn't have played actual basketball since March. That's a, that's a terribly long layoff. Uh, but what is the incentive for those teams still to play their guys in September if the season starts in December for basically preseason games inside of a bubble? And if you're a veteran on those teams, we're already seeing people opt out of a bubble that truly matters, a bubble that can and will crown a champion. We're seeing players not take it seriously, and, and by that I don't mean that they should be ridiculed for opting out. I'm just saying they're, they're saying it's not worth it, and I don't blame them at all. I think that every player uh, has to decide for themselves if it's worth it for them to go to the bubble or not. Uh, but for some players, even the chance to win a championship is not worth the bubble and their health risk and everything like that, and they should be applauded for opting out, but they're still opting out. How would you justify going to a secondary bubble with nothing on the line, no increased revenue, nothing to provide for anyone? Why would you even do this? Why would you go into the bubble if you're a veteran player? I, I don't understand what the NBA could be looking at. Again, the only positive would be that you don't get that layoff from March to December, but you still would if top players opt out, like like a Trey Young opts out or someone like that. Uh, good players from these bad teams start opting out. They would still have from March until December off of live NBA basketball. There's really no good way to handle the eight teams that did not make it to Orlando. I don't really see this plan working out. I don't really see the NBA actually going through with this Orlando bubble, because to make it worth it, again, you would need to add some sort of um, reward or some sort of, you know, something to strive for, and that would only really be to win the lottery based on winning this little tournament thing here. And I'm not sure if the NBA is ready to take that leap right now. Uh, but some more NBA news to talk about before we get out of here is that former Thunder Victor Oladipo has opted out from the Pacers. He will not be joining them 
in Orlando. And there's still no announcement. I got asked this on Twitter and, and Reddit. There's still no announcement on if the NBA would do anything for the home teams, you know, for winning home court advantage. That There's no real advantage to that this year in the bubble. Uh, there was a picture floating around on Twitter of, of a ballroom that had all the home floors in it. That's not for game use. That's just for people to practice on, for teams to practice on. So don't think that, I, you know, they're going to shuffle those courts on and off uh, in those three game arenas, they're just setting them up in a ballroom so you can have somewhere to practice. You can have somewhere uh, to run through everything uh, whenever it's your team's a lot of time to practice. I don't think that they're actually going to change out those floors uh, on game days, depending on which team is the home team. So as of right now, still no announcement on what the NBA will do for those home teams. The hotel idea seems to have come true because they did put teams in hotels based off of their record and based off of the standings. So it seems like at least one advantage there would have been to get the higher-end hotel. So that's all taken care of. But further, further, further than that, there's no real explanation on what the NBA plans to do for teams that get home court advantage. But Victor Oladipo opting out uh, is a big deal to me. I mean, I think that that really ends the Pacers' season. Of course, they've already clinched and they're going to make the postseason. But I think that they become an easy out. I think that in the East, we went from very competitive to kind of the same as always. I mean, the Magic are going to be a very easy out. The Nets are going to be a very easy out. The Pacers, I still think now without Victor Oladipo, will be a very easy out. So that takes three teams away from your playoff field, and that really makes your side of the bracket look a lot weaker than the West, where right now the seven seed is Dallas. I could see Dallas going on a huge run with Luka and KP. Now, they're awful in clutch, and there's holes with Dallas as well, but they're not an easy out the same way that your you know your three teams are in the East of the Nets, the Magic, and now the Pacers uh, due to Victor Ladipo opting out. He was hurt, and there's no real point for him to rush back into the fray and rush back into this bubble and ramp up his body and risk further injury to his body for a Pacers team that even with him at best was a second round team. I mean, at best was a scrappy first round exit. Maybe they get into that second round. They were not a true contender. So I fully get his decision to opt out here. Uh, but speaking of injuries, I'm going to have on a special guest on Wednesday's show to talk all about the NBA injuries. And, and that's been thrown around throughout this, you know, restart session here about player injuries. And I want to ask and talk about what, specifically the players could endure, what injuries are going to be most prevalent once we get to Orlando. And that's what I'm going to have on Olivia Panchal of DailyThunder.com. She hosts Crossbolts on their website, a debate show with Brendan Rabar, who was on this podcast a few weeks ago. So you can go check out that show as well. Uh, she has great work on that show. And also she does a ton with injuries as she's a med student and things like that. So it's going to be really interesting to talk about what specifically should people be looking for when it comes to these injuries and that restart? Because it's kind of been a blanket statement so far, and no one's really dug deep into what specifically should players and fans worry about their players enduring uh, whenever we do get back into the bubble and we do get back some basketball, which is going to be happening soon. I mean, we're a couple weeks away here from not only this show returning to five days a week, but from basketball being back in our lives. So that will be a lot of fun. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you don't have the show, you can email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. Get your questions, your comments, your concerns in there. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, and we will see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Be good and be good to one another.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.